Welcome back to the Bible Reading Project. I'm sitting here with none other than Nesta Goss. And I know her as Brianna Esna. That's true. It is true, but that, that is my maiden name. <laughs> Shellnut is Shell my nut. new name. Yes. Well, you said... Um, you said um, last week, you know, I think you're proud of me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, because I'll just say this. Um, sorry to just dive right in. No, go for it. But um, I am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> Steering the ship. Yes. Um, no, but, uh, you know, when, so when I was a youth, when I was growing up, on my way to being a youth pastor. Right. Um, I had learned and they had always preached to us that there was a statistic that, um, over 70% of those that were in youth group were leaving the faith after they graduate high school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I always just felt so convicted by that. I was like, if I'm going to do this one day, that's not going to be the statistic that I leave. That's not going to be my legacy. Yeah. And so my mark of what I consider to be successful wasn't ever did we do the hurrah, hurrah and have, you know, big altar calls and have a lot of students there. And did we, we did all that, but that wasn't what I considered success. What I consider success is would they follow God after they graduated? Would God still be as real to them as it was on a Wednesday night Mm -hmm. at the altar call? Would God still be as real to them as when we went to to summer camp? Yeah. Yeah. And no, that really blesses me. Yeah. Like, to see you and you know others now others haven't as well mm-hmm. and pray for them but to see you and you know the thorntons and mm-hmm. um and Shiloh and uh Joey and Stevie and um Dylan and Jack Jack and all of them and the list goes on right yeah. like to see them still following God yeah. blesses me yeah she's not listening but Jordan's still following the Lord too <laughs> Oh, Jordan stops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Zach, right? Yeah. And their little baby now. Yeah. yeah so cute. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. So many, right? Like, yeah. um, praise God, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I considered successful. And um, so, yeah, very blessed. Very, very blessed. Well, thank you, Ryan. We, we we love and we appreciate you. And for all our listeners, welcome to the Bible Reading Podcast. <laughs> um, we are happy to have you guys here. We hope to inspire you to read your Bible every single day. Zero excuse. Um, mm-hmm. Last week we had Ryan with us, and this week we have him again. And it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good word. Yeah. Um, we hope it blesses you so much. Um, we promise not to get too sappy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know. It'll happen. Most likely. Yes, most likely. As you know, we love our babies and we we love our sappiness. But that's, you know, that's why. I don't know um, if you guys have noticed, but we've had two guys back, back to, to back, back just for our men listeners. Yes. Because we know it can get a little yes. boring or whatever. <laughs> and if you're And if you're a guy out there who does listen and you're not bored by that, awesome. Thank you. But we know that. We're trying to take you into consideration. Yes, we're, we're trying <laughs> to consider you guys. So we've had two male guests back to back. Um, we're having uh, uh, Jennifer Rothwell back with but us I soon. Would, I would like to just say I don't really appreciate you guys assuming my gender. <laughs> 
<laughs> and hey, we're controversial. So <laughs> we, we, we try to give a little bit for everybody. We try to throw some bones out there. Um, but we're we're gonna we're gonna have some good girl talk soon. Yeah. But um, we've really enjoyed <laughs> discussing masculinity. We've really enjoyed talking with Ryan about his testimony and compromise. We we love it. These topics yeah. are awesome. We we definitely need all the amazing men of God to come yes. on the podcast because yes. we really enjoy having them here. And Ryan, thank you for sitting in on Girl Talk all yes. the time. It's exactly. awesome. It's great. Um, we're, we're happy to have you. So what are we talking about today, y'all? Well, uh, so you said compromise. And so yeah. I'd already was kind of thinking about it, but I thought it would be good to just talk about that and okay. um, what it means to compromise as a believer. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And so um, I've been studying First Timothy um, the past few weeks and- this really stood out to me um, a couple of weeks ago um, in First Timothy chapter one. So let's set it set it up right. So yeah. Timothy is uh, Paul's disciple, right? Paul's mm-hmm. uh, kind of taken him under his wing and chosen him because he saw something in Timothy. He said, "Hey, I want to teach you." And so he's writing to Timothy, who's a young man. Uh, I, I think people believe he's about seventeen years old. So um, you know, high school. And at the end of chapter one, he writes this to Timothy and um, it stood out to me. And this is what I think we can talk about starting in verse 18. So chapter one, verse 18, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. So he's, he's reminding him of his purpose of, you know, God's called you to something. May the Lord help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Hymenius, right? Am I saying? I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Go for um, it. And Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to <laughs> Satan so they might learn to might learn not to blaspheme God, and uh, that's I just want to talk about verse nineteen. That's kind of what was on my mind. So, um, I guess what is the so let's talk about that word conscience first because um, he says to to keep it clear, and then the people are deliberately violating it. So, um, what does that mean to you? What does the, the word conscience mean to you? So I think obviously, I don't know, maybe (laughs) whenever I hear conscience, the first thing that pops into my head, unfortunately, is Pinocchio. Right, right. Um, (laughs) Don't love that that's the first thing that pops into my head. But I think, you know, everybody kind of (laughs) associates, you know, Jiminy Cricket, may your conscience be your guide, all this stuff, all the things. (laughs) Ryan's trying to whistle. Yes, very badly. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to equate the story of Pinocchio with the Bible, but there, there are a lot of good little, you know, nuggets of wisdom in Pinocchio, unfortunately. So um, Pinocchio, if you don't know the story, if you've somehow lived this long without knowing the story. Or- well, I brought this up to middle schoolers and they <laughs> didn't know what I was talking about. You're kidding me. I'm not. I said Pinocchio and the con- I said that. Yeah. The cricket and. Nothing. 
<laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> that um frustrates me. <laughs> but we'll move on. <laughs> anyway, if you don't know the story and if you are under the age of I guess how old am I? 24. If you're under the age of 21, let's start there. Pinocchio is a story of a little wooden boy puppet who um, is born without a conscience. So he is gifted one by the blue fairy and he goes on this journey and in the journey, basically in a nutshell, he um, gets exposed to debauchery and makes lots of bad choices. And he's basically led astray this, the entire story until he eventually gets swallowed by a whale. I guess there are more similarities to the Bible story than <laughs> I thought there would be. However, um, at the end of the story, of course, he, he is reunited with his father and he becomes a real boy. He becomes a new creation, which we kind of talked about last week. So that's kind of mm-hmm. funny that it all ties in. Anyway, back I to really G- honestly didn't. I know the story, but I only watched it like once. So when you were saying that, I was like, oh, <laughs> so wait till you get to the talking donkeys. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> so, I don't like I'm like, whoa, have I even seen this movie? I have. But. <laughs> so it's more than just a movie. It's, yeah, it's a very old story. Like it it's is. a very old timey um, story. Uh, you know, like it's a very old fable, I guess, even. But anyway, so we we come to the conscience part where um, his conscience is, quote unquote, played by a a, a cricket named Jiminy Cricket. And um, Jiminy spends the entire film or the entire story trying to direct Pinocchio into the right direction and trying to make him make the right choices. So I guess in this scenario, um, his his conscience, everyone is born with one. However, not everyone utilizes one. Mm -hmm. And so the entire story, Pinocchio is repeatedly ignoring Jiminy's advice, repeatedly, you know, not listening to him or following the advice of others. And so I think when I think of the word conscience, I think of, unfortunately, a tiny little animated cricket (laughs) that is, you know, following me on my shoulder and telling me to wish upon a star. But But he's telling him what to do and what not to do. Right. right? (laughs) What to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I think about conscience as an older person now, I, I think now it's more like, okay, my conscience may be telling me one thing mm-hmm. and my gut feeling may be telling me one thing, mm-hmm. but that does not, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, whatever I may think is the right thing or whatever I may think is the moral thing to do. And, you know, we've talked about morality. We've talked about consciousness. We've talked about the fruits of the spirit. We've talked about the Holy spirit. So I think that even though that's a very cute story, it's still dependent on Pinocchio trusting an outside source to make the decision for him rather than him making the decision because he knows it's the right decision. Right. So I think that with, um, when we talk about conscience, you kind of have to get that image first out of your head. Mm -hmm. So like remove Pinocchio. (laughs) I know I just spent five minutes discussing Pinocchio, but you got to remove Pinocchio because that is a fable. It's a, it's a story really about morality and we're not talking about morality. We're talking about spiritual. We're talking about spirituality. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the Holy spirit. These things are real entities. These things are real people. Jesus and God and the Holy spirit are very real. They do speak. They do have power. 
Jiminy Cricket does not have power. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket is just a conscience, you know, like and a euphemism, a very cute one at that, but a <laughs> Disney euphemism. <laughs> yeah. So um, just for all of you out there who, you know, may have been stuck like me or something like that, you know, like just know that that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. So the Bible, when they talk about when when Paul is talking to Timothy about clinging to his faith in Christ, because he's very specific. He says, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. Um, and when he talks about deliberately violating your conscience, he's talking about people who, yes, are like Pinocchio, who completely ignore what they know to be right and what they know to be holy and set apart and what they know to not do. And instead they decide, you know what, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to live the way I want. And I'm going to assume that there's no consequences to that. And so um, I like that the verse also says that their faith had been shipwrecked after they violated their conscience, their faith was ruined. So that tells me that there's a correlation between, okay, what you believe and who you put your faith in, whether that's in yourself, whether it's in being a good person, whether it's in, um, we talked about people pleasing a little bit last week, um, whatever that may be you need to have your faith in the correct place. Otherwise your faith can be shipwrecked and otherwise your conscience can be violated. So I think that's interesting. That's what, that's what kind of um, stood out to me that your faith is your faith directly correlates with your conscience. And so you need to have your faith in Christ to keep your conscience clear. And mm -hmm. that's the most basic way the Bible can even put it. And the most basic way the Bible could even say it. Absolutely. What is conscience to you, Nessa? Well, unlike you guys, I did not think of Pinocchio right away. <laughs> You're lots more spiritual than us. <laughs> I just immediately went to, you know, that small voice in your head or whatever that might be telling you something, whether it's right or wrong. Just that little thing that's in your heart and your mind telling you something you know yeah yeah exactly. and so it goes back to even some stuff that we were talking about last week with we're all born knowing how to sin how to lie how to steal right and knowing that it's wrong also at the same time because my yeah. daughter can start doing something that i've already told her no to do yeah. and look at me you know <laughs> like i'm gonna try it <laughs> and so that's kind of what it is to me with like oh i feel that this is wrong but i'm kind of kind of trying yeah 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 <laughs> you know and yeah. so i think keeping your conscience clear it tells me that we can choose to listen to something that's saying do it or not do it yeah and like brown was saying and that's where your faith is yeah how are you supposed to know okay, this feeling kind of feels wrong, but if you never know Christ, you don't know why you're feeling that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can't decide, oh, this is wrong or this is right without knowing Christ and without knowing what he says to be true because you really have no base to back it up on. So you're just confused. Yeah. That's so good. So, yeah, so the word conscience here is derived from a word. Uh, I think it's a Latin word. It's soon I do. Mm. And I'm probably saying it wrong, but it means to see together, uh, hence to comprehend, or to see, uh, to have seen in one's mind, in one's mind with oneself. So you're comprehending within yourself to see within yourself, mm -hmm. and so exactly like what I see within myself and um, morally right or wrong, right? Mm -hmm. That's your conscience. Yeah. 
and and where that compass is. And a lot of people have lost that compass and and some people still have it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I found so interesting is that it said, it's not that people had their conscience violated. It's not that they had it, um, their moral compass taken from them, mm-hmm. but it says that they allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I had, I have let my guard down. Mm-hmm. So why do you think people allow their conscience to be violated? I think it's too easy. It's easier to let it be violated. It's easier for your conscience to change with with the culture, with what's popular, with, you know, what's more socially acceptable. Um, ooh, this, this might end up being a little deeper episode. We might get into f- <laughs> some philosophy, some philosophical, you know, musings because you're welcome. Right. Because <laughs> most people. Okay. So the discussion would be, okay, why do people do what they do? Why do people behave the way they behave or why do they decide to be good or bad? Um, we keep kind of dancing around it, morality versus, you know, what what's their basis? Like you were saying, Nessa, what is their guide for right and wrong? Most people, if you take religion out of the equation, just want to strive for being a good person. That's where they stop and start. Or they want to, they think they follow other, um, they follow other reasonings, you know, by other philosophers, um, other psychologists and philosophers and all that stuff who say, okay, well, what do we owe to each other? What do we owe to the people around us? Do we owe everyone to be a good person? Do we owe everyone to do the right thing by them? If someone drops their wallet, it's the right thing to do to return it to them, correct? Mm-hmm. And that's a societal rule that's a societal thing you know um most people would not really consider you know oh the 10 commandments are part of those rules that we must follow Mm -hmm. but in reality everyone kind of does anyway in their own weird ways but they're not pointing it to the gospel or to jesus they're pointing it as okay well it's just moral to not murder it's Mm -hmm. just moral to not steal Mm -hmm. it's just moral to not covet or to you know commit adultery all that stuff these are just moral principles Mm -hmm. when in reality it's like no these are biblical ones you just don't attach it to the spirit you instead attach it to the world or to something else your Mm -hmm. faith is Mm -hmm. in something else whether that be the law or the government you live in or anything like that and we've discussed that before on the podcast where in different cultures, it's perfectly moral to have several wives or it's perfectly moral to, you know, cut the hand off of somebody who steals or something like that. And that's their culture. In our culture today in America, you know, it's perfectly moral to have sex with whoever and whenever you want and, you know, continue on that way. Or it's perfectly moral to... You can um, steal up to $5,000. Right, or $500 <laughs> without really getting too badly punished. It's just a felony or a misdemeanor or whatever. And so we've talked about that at length, um, I feel like, where uh, God's law is different than the world's law because the world's law is constantly changing. Culture is constantly changing. Slavery was perfectly legal. Was it perfectly moral? No, but it was perfectly legal. So it's And that's just one example. Murdering a child in the womb is perfectly legal for now, you know, or legal in some states, but completely illegal in others. So, but is that moral? So what we end up talking about with conscience is people end up having, because they have no firm basis, which we believe here at the Bible Reading Podcast, that the firm basis for truth and the firm basis for 
not just morality, but what is good, true, and right is the Bible. Um, that's what we believe, and that's what we will always believe and always defend. So when people talk about conscience, oftentimes other people's convictions are different than others um, because they think that they're operating off of other bases of truth. They're operating off of other bases of um morality. So everyone's basis for morality is different. The psycho down the street may have no problem with murdering somebody, but me, I may have trouble stealing a piece of gum off of the grocery store. Who knows? So if we're all basing it off of different things and different measurements, which most of the world does for some people, that line is different for others. It really isn't. But when we all base it off of the truth of the Bible, we're all on the same page. And so I think that it's just easier it's easier to shift and change and mold yourself to whatever culture whatever's popular than to have strong convictions regarding what violates your conscience or Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. so i think what we find today is people have not just a lack of conscience a lack of conviction like I, and honestly, a lack of shame. There, there are a lot of stuff that goes on nowadays that you're just like, well, that's where the did, ship. That's the shipwreck. Part, yeah. Right? Like where that's did where the ship go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it used to be okay to be embarrassed about certain things. And now it seems like everyone and anyone can do anything in public and nobody cares. It's, yeah. it's very mind boggling. So, um, yeah. So keep in mind, right. I, that's really good. Brianna, I think you're absolutely right. Like all the philosophical things. Why do people do what they do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but he, um, so Nessa, why do you think, well, from your purview, why do you think, um, people violate their conscience? But keep in mind, he's writing to, he's not just writing to anybody. He's writing to the church. He's writing to mm-hmm. Timothy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's writing to people that are believers, right? Or Timothy that is a believer. And he's saying, and he's talking about people in the church because he's talking about Alexander and this friend, two examples, and he throws them out, right? Because they've deliberately violated their conscience. They might learn not to blaspheme God. So why do you think people do that? Why do you think Alexander violated their conscience? Why do you think Hermionius? (laughs) (laughs) Hermionius. I think they just chose to. Forgive us. They just... We're like, hmm, we're just going to do this. Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily like, I just think they chose to. Yeah. And the Jesus wasn't real to them. Mm, that's he good. He wasn't, he just wasn't enough. Yeah. But he is enough, but to them he wasn't. He wasn't right. Yeah. I think, um, I agree. I think um, being a people pleaser, I can really relate to probably more than I would like to admit to Alexander and Hymenius or whatever. <laughs> because I think that's why we deliberately violate our conscience. Yeah. What you said, Brianna, is to fit in. Mm-hmm. Like culture. This is the way culture is going. And I don't want, pe- like, I love God. I love Jesus. I want to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. All of those good things. I want to belong uh, to the kingdom and to the church and all my friends, but I'm willing to violate my conscience on this yeah. mm-hmm. so that I can hang out over here. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to violate my conscience so that I can, I can say that yep. I'm going to violate like no one will know. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Yeah. I'm willing to violate my conscience so I can, I can, I can talk to this person. I know I shouldn't, I know it's probably not going to lead to good things, but mm-hmm. I can violate that mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. and so deliberately violating, making a, a conscience decision. Yeah. I know I, I know 
very well that that's probably not going to end well. Mm-hmm. I know it's probably going to end up with me being out of my mind, intoxicated, in a bed with somebody I'm not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's going to end with me potentially being addicted, but mm-hmm. uh, but I want to fit in. I want to people please. I want to. I want to do what they're doing. I want doing. this temporary feeling. Yeah, whatever. I want to be happy. I deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why we believers will deliberately violate their conscience. Because we think that we can still steer the ship mm-hmm. or hide it from God or whatever, or do both. Mm-hmm. But he says that it's it's led to them being, to their faith being shipwrecked. And I, and I think that's why he uses the word cling that's what he tells him in verse 19, cling to your faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. If you're going to cling to anything, cling to that. Yeah. Cling to your faith in Christ. Hold on with everything you've got. Yeah. Because those people that you're trying to fit in with, mm-hmm. they're going to leave one day. Mm-hmm. That addiction is going to cling to you. Yeah. And you're going to feel like dying. That that person you're going to hop in bed with, that's a, it's going to last for 15 seconds. So cling with everything that you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, Brownie, you're going to say something. So what, what I find interesting is, um, and I'm no expert in moral ethics, obviously, but one of the studies has shown that most people will only do right or do the right thing, quote unquote, or, you know, be good because they know that there's a threat of being excluded from society. Right. So for, um, for many people, they don't want to go to jail. You know, they don't want to be separated from society. They don't want to be separated from the community that they've built. So no one's going to, no rational person is going to go out and murder. No rational person is going to rape. No rational person is going to, um, deal with pedophilia or anything like that. Um, because they don't want to be thrown out of the society that they're in. However, what they end up doing is as culture normalizes these things, as culture kind of desensitizes you to these things, certain things become more socially acceptable. And therefore people, like I was saying before, people's morality shifts along with whatever keeps them in that society. So if it becomes taboo to speak out against homosexuality, you're kicked out of that society. If it becomes taboo to, um, you know, uh, stay with your family and not have multiple kids out of wedlock and do all this stuff. You know, you start getting excluded from society. So what I think is interesting that what you were saying, Ryan, how we're supposed to cling to our faith in Christ instead of, you know, the constantly shifting sands of culture and the constantly shifting sands of society and all that stuff, because let's be real. They're, they, they are not the moral compass whatsoever mm-hmm. as Christians. Anyway, we should not see it that way. And even the fact that Hymenius, we're going to say his name like eight different times in this podcast. We apologize. <laughs> and Alexander were thrown out. You hear that? They were thrown out of the society. They were thrown out of the, you know, of Paul, the church. Paul, of the church. Paul <laughs> had to excommunicate them. Mm-hmm. And he, it, I like that he said he handed them over to Satan. Like, go ahead. You can't serve the two masters. You can't do both. Yeah. You, so he handed them over. Um, and I like that it said so that they might learn not to blaspheme 
blaspheming God so that you don't learn to speak badly about God because there are punishment for that. Like there, there is a punishment for that. So just like how we as humans have even created our own society and our own little rules and our own little laws that we expect to be followed. God has his own laws and rules that he expects to be followed. And if not, there are consequences to that. And there are consequences to living any way you want and violating your conscience regarding how you live. And let's not kid. There's consequences to living for the kingdom too. Yeah. That's so good. Jesus is very clear about that. You know, it's going to be a remnant. You're yeah. going to be persecuted yeah. for my name's sake. Yeah. Yes. So, um, good. so yes. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, uh, you will be lonely. Yeah. There's a price. Uh, the, there will be, you will be the only one mm-hmm. at times. Um, so it is, so let's not paint, not saying that you are, but yeah, yeah. not to paint the picture that it's, awesome all the time right Mm -hmm. and um so i like this and maybe it'd be a good place to land but you keep um coming back to the moral compass well how do we know right and wrong Mm -hmm. and i think paul writes it out for timothy in verse 15 so if you go back up to verse 15 he says it in like a very nice way Mm -hmm. says this is a trustworthy saying so in my mind this is kind of a a saying that you know, your grandma would say yeah. she'd been saying it since day one. Write it on a pillow. Right. <laughs> exactly. This is a trustworthy. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them all. Simple, <laughs> but true. Yep. Christ came into the world to save sinners. And I think that's, that's the moral compass that to me that he kind of sums it up real good there Mm -hmm. um, of what to cling to that Jesus came to save you and he needed saving. Yep. And, um, and I love that Paul, he just throws it in there. I'm the worst of them all. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that is something, you know, to ponder. And if you're going to memorize a verse this week, I memorize first Timothy chapter one, verse 15. Yes. And, um, Get that written on your heart. That's good. For sure. That's good. Well, just to close this out, I like that the passage is labeled Timothy's responsibility. Like, it's your responsibility to cling to your faith, Mm, to do things that grow your faith, to make sure that you're keeping your conscience clear and, you know, following Christ in all you do and putting him first in all you do. And That's, to disciple someone. And to disciple someone under you. It is your responsibility. It's yeah, no one's going to do it for you, right? That's really good. do it for you. Yeah. And so um, I love that, you know, the Bible is a living and breathing word. Everything we say or everything that's been said can apply to today and tomorrow and forever. And that's why we read it. That's why we encourage you guys to read it. That's why we do what we do here at this podcast to, to just, you know, open your eyes a little bit, open your ears and open your hearts a little bit about what God has to say about these things. And so... We hope that you never look at Pinocchio the same way again (laughs) Mm. and that instead you um, forever think of Timothy and Paul when it comes to conscience and when it comes to keeping your conscience clear. And hopefully I don't get any, I don't get sued, but let your, don't just let your conscience be your guide, but instead let your faith be in Christ and let him guide you in all his ways um, and in all his ways, you know, acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. But all right, we're going to close out in prayer and then we'll let you guys go and we'll see you next week.
That's Ryan. You want to pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've come to save sinners. You come to save us. No matter how wretched and disgusting we are, you've come to save us. And so, God, we cling to that. We cling to that, that you are our Savior. You are our Redeemer. You are our Healer. And God, forgive us for when we have deliberately allowed our conscience to be violated, when we've deliberately allowed things to come in and sneak in and we've compromised on what we believe, we've compromised on our faith, and we've done it deliberately, we've done it willingly. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would forgive us. We repent of that. God, I thank you that your grace is sufficient. And so today... We cling to you. We make a new commitment. I just encourage you right now, wherever you're listening, to just make a commitment right where you're at, whether you're driving or walking or laying in your bed. Just make a commitment. God, I'm clinging to you, my everlasting peace. I'm clinging to you, my Redeemer. I'm clinging to you, my daily bread. I'm clinging to you, my Savior. I'm clinging to you. In the name of Jesus, we cling to you and we thank you. We thank you, God. As we cling to you, all of those things that were violated, I thank you that you throw the, that your word says that you throw those into the depths of the sea, as far as the east is from the west, forgotten from your memory. And so, God, I pray that we would stand firmly on our faith in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.